This is the way. What is up, all of you Ugnaughts and Jawas out there, and welcome back to yet again another episode of Mando Talk, where we are spoiler-discussing, breaking down the latest episode, the latest chapter of The Mandalorian, and on this one, we've got chapter 19 out. Big Big shout out real quickly. I want to say thank you so much if you checked out last week's podcast episode. The numbers on that on the audio waves was hot. So thank you so much for checking that out. And I got to also thank Zach Horvath for being a part of that because I think that helped. And guess what? He's back. (laughs) Zach. I'm back. What's up, man? What's up? What up? Yeah, man, I'm back. So glad to be here. I love talking Star Wars, especially The Mandalorian, and especially with you, sir. So happy to be here. Yeah, well, we've got we've got a very interesting chapter of The Mandalorian to break down. I think it's safe to say this one, I think, hit people differently, depending on who you are and what you're looking for, out of The Mandalorian. So there's a ton, a ton for us to discuss on this episode. And of course, at the back end, after we do our breakdown, we will talk to you guys over on Twitter, at Talk and Discord. You reached out to us. You gave us some things to talk about, so we'll definitely do our due diligence with that. Before we get this started, I do want to do our plug. Make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening, YouTube, Spotify. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, hit that subscribe button. Give us five stars. Give us a rating if you're on podcast platforms. Give us the like if you're on YouTube. Do all those great things to help this continue to grow. And let's keep cranking these things out. I'm having so much fun. It's so good to be back home. And let's continue that ride. And we, we'd appreciate it if you're if you're joining us with the ride. All right. Let's get into it, though. Chapter 19, titled The Convert, was directed by Lee Isaac Chung and written by Noah Clore and John Favreau. Now, I did not have the opportunity here to figure out the past of this director, but I do know Noah Clore wrote a lot of Book of Boba Fett episodes. So I know people in the fan base was were ex- expecting or speculating that if we're going to get Boba Fett, it's going to be now. That didn't happen. I was okay with that. Um, what were your takeaways just of the, of the direction of the writing in this chapter, Zach? Um, the the writing. I, how about I give my overall? Yeah, do overall. That. Sure. Is that okay? And then That's I can fine. dig into specifics. Yeah. I just don't want to do specifics and then overall. You know what I mean? Yeah. I got you. Uh, so overall, I would say it was fine for me. I'm one of the okay. ones that I'm on the back end of the. It hit you a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, so as for the writing and the directing, um, the writing was cool. Like I was interested. I just, it didn't hook me. Okay. That's my issue with this episode. And that's the thing it had to do, frankly, like it hooked me at first and then lost me. <laughs> yeah. The, so that, the I guess the beginning and end of this is dude banger. I almost wish banger. we didn't have the beginning and end because really? okay. it just made me go, I want that. Mm-hmm. I don't want whatever this show is that I'm watching now. Yeah, because I just it didn't. I didn't even remember the the girl. I, okay, I didn't even know who that was, and okay. I remembered him, and I was like, okay, is he bad still? Like it just. I don't know. It just didn't work for me as a total thing. Did I not like it? Definitely not. Like, it was fine. Uh, okay. That's why I say it was fine. But uh, the writing was a little weird. And, like, why are we talking about this now? And they didn't even really give us any answers um, mm-hmm. for, like, the cloning and whatnot. We just – yeah. All right. Let's dig into it. What's your take? <laughs> yeah. What's your take? No, no, no. I was with you there at first. I thought it was, and I texted this to you. I think it's funny. This is mm-hmm. the dad joke of me coming out. It was din jarring to me yeah, <laughs> that yeah, we yeah. paused on the Mandalorian there and we we visited Doctor Pershing. But I gotta say, after a second, and then uh, I needed a third watch with this one. 
I really appreciate what I think they're doing with this. So really my enjoyment of this episode is my anticipation of what I think is going to come of it. So I think we definitely do have different takes on this. At the end of the day, I really enjoyed the world building aspect that this one took the time to do. But it's okay that we have different opinions and it hit us differently. That's what makes this so great. So if if you're somebody listening that that is one way or the other, you're being represented right here on the podcast, respectively. That's what we're going to do here. So let's let's go ahead then. Those are kind of, that's my overall sense. I really, really dug this one. Zach, you know, you said it was fine. That's fine. fine. Let's do it. Let, let's dive and dissect this. Maybe I can maybe, persuade maybe you, Maybe you can sway me. Yeah, maybe yeah. you can sway me. Let's do it. Okay, well, in my Probably notes not. here. <laughs> nice. In my notes, <laughs> I labeled this The Mandalorian Episode Part 1. <laughs> okay, let's get into it. <laughs> Bo-Katan is still deep in thought from seeing the mythosaur as Din Djarin awakens with Grogu right by his side. Din declares himself Mandalorian yet again and scoops up a capsule of the living waters to seemingly use as proof for the armorer. Bo-Katan says she saw him become a Mandalorian again, but even more importantly, she asked him if he saw anything in the waters that was alive. He did not, and she does not inform him of what she saw, and the three of them depart the planet. Couple of takeaways here. Few takeaways. Din does confirm he just fell because he didn't know it was that deep, so that was something we talked about last week that uh, yeah. admittedly a little clunky last week. I was good with the explanation, though. Number two here, it was very wise of Din to get a sampling of the living waters because no one and no shot is anyone in the Children of the Watch going to trust Bo-Katan off word alone, so that was very wise of you, Din. I didn't know the armor had this magic Dumbledore-like potion sensing yeah, yeah. thing looking at memories there, through we'll, tears we'll get there for situation sure. <laughs> here. and then last takeaway from this moment my theory from last week appears to be coming together as far as Bo-Katan seeing this as an opportunity to lay claim to the Mandalore throne and title for herself so it was at this moment I was like oh boy we getting it we getting dude, it with this one I, what did all you think I could of think about sequence? was you in that moment I'm like <laughs> this dude called it man and if you haven't listened last week go listen he called it he said she's gonna keep it to herself like, or she could, I think is how you worded it. Right, right, but, right. But, um, oh, great, great call on that. Because I didn't take it as her saying like, all right, I'm going for the throne or mm-hmm. anything. I just took it as her letting it marinate a little bit. Like, what do I do with this information? And I, um, especially by the end of this one, I think I'm I'm with you. I, I could see how she's like thinking about it still. Ex- yeah, I didn't take it as like, oh, I'm not going to tell him. Ha ha ha. Right. I right. Took, I took it as a because she was very cautious when she's asking him, like, what'd you see mm-hmm. down there? Right. Like, uh, did you see anything living? And he's like, oh, yeah, I slipped or whatever he says. And I was like, <laughs> all right. So this this dude who's like survived everything walks in water and slips to the bottom, but whatever. Well, to um, be fair, he didn't know it get it, it got demolished or whatever Bo-Katan says as far as it becoming deeper than what it originally is. To be fair. To be fair. <laughs> why is he unconscious on the bottom? Obviously he needs some gripper slippers. He does no, what, he doesn't need just the like, boot. <laughs> okay, he slipped into the water, but when I slip into water, I just kind of float, you know. Ah I don't just <laughs> Hey, we don't have to wear Beskar, you know? You know? <laughs> That's true. Don't get in the water with the Beskar, all right? But all right, so that's Or without aside, the jetpack. It looks goofy. I, I, switched, I, I switched that away quickly. I was like, all right, that's dumb, but whatever. Don't care. I want to see what Bo says. She doesn't tell him. I think that is super interesting. Calling back your writing there. I think that's fascinating, and I feel like that's a John Favreau call right there. Um, yeah. Like, that was so... I'm so glad she didn't tell him, frankly, mm-hmm. because that 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 kind of drew me in. I was like, "Ooh, what's gonna happen?" Mm-hmm. And then um, we get the rest of the episode. But to to talk about uh, one more thing, the little living water call out, perfect. Because I literally audibly said, "Like, dude, get something. Like, you need proof. Like, you can't just say, oh, I was there. I saw it.' You know." Um, so I thought that was very cool. And when when they get when he gets to them at the end, we'll discuss how I think that's extra cool. Yeah, but no. What's your the, thoughts? A, a lot of cool, a lot of cool setup right here, and uh, definitely elaborated on a bit toward the end of the episode. So I definitely can't wait till we get back into that. But of course, mm-hmm. this this opener continues 
extremely hot opener here. We keep going here. As the three are traveling through space, Bo-Katan offers Din Djarin to stick around for a feast, but she doubts Din will ever take his helmet off again, and the two share a this-is-the-way response to one another before they are suddenly attacked by Imperial TIE Interceptors. It seems, though, Grogu may have said this-is-the-way to... Or, this was my initial interpretation when I saw it the first time, but it was the second and third time that convinced me it was, in fact, this is the way. But another option there was maybe he sensed the attack and he's trying to babble and, and warn them that, oh, you got these interceptors coming in. But I really mm -hmm. do think it's the, this is the way. Which one do you think it was, Zach? I immediately said, like, he just said this is the way. Yeah. Like, okay. I, my, yeah. So, <laughs> what hit me first was Bo-Katan saying it. Because, mm -hmm. like, I, I, it was, I, that caught me off guard. I was like, oh. And then he like babbled and then Mando turns to him and I was just like, did he just try to yeah. say this is the way? Like it's it made like, me so happy. And then great. we get this awesome, I'm a sucker for a dog fight. All right. Same. Give it Same. to me. And these are, these have been so well done so far. Mm -hmm. Like it's some of the best. Some I the am best. an absolute sucker for the shot that's mounted on the ship and it's flying and it's like yeah. looking. I, I love that in anything. Top mm -hmm. Gun Maverick. Star Wars, anything, and it has never looked better than no, in you're this right. show. Like, it looked so real in some shots where it's like mounted and it's like looking back at the uh, what are those called? Interceptors. The interceptors. Mm -hmm. I was like, this looks sick. This looks Phenomenal. so good. Um, and then you know we. Uh, overall, I loved Bo saying this is the way that made me happy. Yeah. And then Grogu saying it, every. Every piece of this, love. Yeah, it was great. the The setup of this dogfight was fantastic. Now they are approaching Kelvala when these interceptors do attack. Din Djarin leaps out of Bo-Katan's ship to hop in his N one since he's struggling to take them out using the gauntlets. Gauntlet's defenses. The TIE interceptors fly past Din Djarin as he's descending in air, and Din safely makes it aboard his ship. One of the interceptors stays on him, and Din ends up taking it out with a pretty cool maneuver, I might add. It reminded me of, uh, I think it was Michael Keaton, Batman. He he had like a little ship that he went up there, he, he let it die, and then went back down. But anyway, uh, this sequence was just absolutely sick. And anytime Din Djarin does stuff like this, it immediately makes me think of Favreau's connection to Iron Man. Of course, he directed Iron Man 1, and I believe he directed Iron Man 2, um, but it, it just yeah, kind of makes me think that he's got that connection because it just gives me so much Iron Man vibes. Now, obviously, in these moments, something else that I think is very important to consider is the fact that the launch bay that Din leaps out of on Bo-Katan's gauntlet is actually the same launch bay that we see a squad of Mandalorians drop out of in the trailer that we obviously haven't seen yet in Season mm. 3, and it looks like those Mandalorians are dropping into Navarro which, by the way, next week's episode is directed by Carl Weathers, so I think we're getting that shot next week. But anyway, I digress for that right now. You'll, you'll, you'll hear from me next week on that one. Zach, what did you think of uh, the Iron Man vibes, Din Djarin's flying sequence here, uh, and then we'll definitely get into Bo's sick man maneuvers as well. Well, it, just following along, I think all this is yeah, awesome. Just, I thought yeah, it was hilarious going, that he, yeah. like, clunkily falls and then lands and, like, acts all like, oh, I got this, and then he gets <laughs> yeah. in, and I just loved everything about all of this mm -hmm. every piece of it I, I i just couldn't take my eyes off the screen and all i could think about was oh my god this is just the start of the episode like this is so good um, i know now I thought it was amazing that maneuver of bo katan as far as the whole flapping of one of the wings to get the gauntlet to do like a quick zero turn lawnmower kind Dude. of action my gosh, it was absolutely pristine, in my opinion. And, and, and this is when I noticed and, and had the realization that this is a top-tier dogfighting sequence, not just for The Mandalorian, but for the franchise itself. It was just shot so well, and I think you've already kind of hit on that. Yeah, yeah, the graphics were incredible. Mm -hmm. uh, it, so, is it a cliched thing? Yeah, 100%. This whole, like, I'm going fast, quick turn, kill, or whatever. Sure, yeah. Man, it works every time. <laughs> I but, fall well, for it every time. I'm just. But like, what ah. was nice about this one, though, is it was done in a way and it utilized her ship in a way that I'd never I seen agree. before. Maybe so that's I was why surprised. it worked for me a little bit better because, like, I knew she was gonna do the old like stall the you know stall the thing, make it turn. But yeah. I thought it was awesome that it did was like, uh -huh. and then so back cool. on it, and then it did the whole like, oh no, are they gonna hit the water? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, but, and no. R5's like floating there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. That, speaking that of, cool R5 shot. is an absolute scaredy cat yet again in this one. <laughs> no, that was a sick shot, though, because yeah. like 
it just added the atmosphere. It was like, mm-hmm. oh man, that, that's sick. It looks like they're really floating right there. And you're like, oh, and yeah. the, you know what's going to happen, but you're still like, oh. Oh, I know. Man, I know. So man. good. Star Wars was Star Warsing in that moment for sure. Ah, just like so all good. the comedic small little relief with the droid and Grogu and, and the flying. It was just done mm. so well. Now, I made so note happy. of this. I found it so funny. Uh, after the mission's complete, I love how Din, at least in my opinion, I thought he was trying to impress Bo by saying he didn't get a single scratch on the N1. I thought oh. that was kind of funny. And she oh, immediately follows up by saying, well, we need to bring the ship in just to be sure. What are you trying to do there, Bo? What are you trying to do? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Just speculation. Just speculation. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I think that was a little little competition there. A little like, yeah. well, I ain't got a scratch. So uh, yeah, I, I so thought I that was all awesome. claim to the Mandalore seat. Oh, I mean, I guess eventually it will come to no, that. We'll see. We'll see. These Mandalorians, well, man. They're, they're loving they're... life. They're loving life there for a minute, right? You know, they've Well, yeah, succeeded. they get to do what they, they do best. They get to they be blew together. up the interceptors. But then that's Mandalorian bombers, bonding right there. That's yeah, bonding. that's true. That's true. And these bombers wreck it all. They blow it up. They blow up their conversation. They blow up their bonding. And they yeah, blow yeah, up yeah. this castle that I fell in love with. And we talked about last week about how they should settle down there. Nope, that's not happening. So Bo immediately seeks revenge on these bombers. But even more interceptors begin to arrive, leading the trio to blast into hyperspace to coordinates where they won't find them. I'm not sure who is in the Bo-Katan suit here, but the physical acting was done so well. And now that I think about it, though, I've seen Katie Sackhoff tweet today, and she talks about how she was the one in the suit there. So job well done to her, because you can just see like the helmet turns and stuff like that. It's just so great, because you immediately knew the stuff that she was going through. Now, the biggest question here has to be, where did these interceptors and bombers come from? Because we know that they can't go in and out of hyperspace on their own. I think Moff Gideon is clearly the logical answer here, but I know the fan base is itching to have Thrawn come up in any conversation, but I don't think we're there yet. What do you think, Zach? Well, I thought I saw something on Twitter that said the last time we saw these were with from Thrawn. I saw something about some signal that they were giving off was was indicative of is indicative the right word yeah, indicator that's right. uh, yeah, yeah, of yeah. Thrawn potentially, but I don't know about that. I didn't. I, I, I didn't don't know either. I didn't that. know about the old force or the the hyperspace jumping. Didn't know about that. So that's very interesting. So they yeah, had to come yeah. from some other ship, is what mm-hmm. you're saying? Yes. Interesting. Yeah. Didn't know that. Okay. Um. Well, that's cool. But her explanation was like, yeah, we pissed a lot of people off or something like that. Yeah, because she she, she basically stole Moff Gideon's cruiser oh, from okay. season two. I, I, I couldn't remember what her explanation of it was. I I wondered the same thing, but what kind of not rubbed me the wrong way, but just didn't land was like she's like, That's my home. Mm. And it's like this random castle with absolutely nothing around it. Okay. Yeah. That made no sense to me. I don't well, know anything about her. So I'm like, okay, that's your home, but there's like there's no Yeah. Wouldn't there be like a city or like I, I think she views the Mandalore system as a whole, kind of like her home. Because she talks about while she's flying, she's talking to R5 and Grogu that she used to fly these cliffs as a kid. True, true. And I, I mean, I just, so that that line immediately made me feel like, okay, she's got some connection to this place prior to season three. I was expecting to see like this whole world around there and they mm. just like blow up this one castle that she's the only person in and that yeah. it's the only like it was just it's, it was a weird shot for me because I didn't feel it didn't hit me like oh oh no right. I was okay. just like oh that, well that's it feels like <laughs> some somebody knows that she's the one that's residing in there and so they're targeting that yes, one specific that's spot. what I was gonna say that's where I was going with this is mm-hmm. that didn't land for me the whole like I didn't really care about the castle what I was way more intrigued of is what like they had to come from somewhere someone told mm-hmm. them go bomb this place. So mm-hmm. I want to know about that, and I assume yeah. that's what we're going to lead into here. I think but, so. Um, I just thought that was very interesting in itself. Uh, yeah. This whole this whole front end, man, awesome, fantastic, I loved it, phenomenal. Well, we pause on Mandalorian, <laughs> and we go to Rangers of the New Republic. In my opinion, I feel like the the middle third, what middle third, really like middle no, half, like, like, like the entire episode of the episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we kind of. I just feel like this is a look at what that show could have looked like had it not been canned. But I still, and again, I'm still someone that appreciates the fact that that we do this in this episode. So let's dive into it and see if we can discover some things. So we go to Coruscant. 
Dr. Pershing is speaking to the masses in the arena where the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise was told in Revenge of the Sith. So that was absolutely fascinating as the prequel lover that I am. He has gone through a... Oh, yeah. I I knew it immediately, man. I started freaking out. I'm fangirling over there as soon as I see the steps. (laughs) As soon as I see the steps. (laughs) He's gone through a New Republic amnesty program to be given a second chance by the New Republic. A former Imperial officer of Moff Gideon's is present as well, played by Katie O'Brien. I believe she's in Ant-Man, Quantumania. Um, So you may have seen her recently. No, I think she's in Ant-Man, one of the Ant-Man ones. Yes, that's correct. Well, it seems like she's gone through the, the program as well. Now, obviously, we learn later. Maybe not, but, you know, we'll get to that. Now, this idea of amnesty program is fascinating to me because it just kind of makes a, it kind of sets up like a realness to it because I kind of imagine, like, Nazis, oh, post-Nazi dude, world had to go through that. It is, so. it is not, it is Werner von Braun coming to America and building mm-hmm. rockets. That's what this is. Yeah, so, so I absolutely loved that whole aspect of it. And we can go ahead and get into Dr. Pershing's speech here, his TED Talk, if you will. He's sharing his story. His knowledge and research of cloning was twisted into something cruel and inhumane at the behest of a desperate individual trying to gain more power. He vows he now hopes to help the New Republic in whatever way he can, leaving his past work behind him even though his intentions were good. Suddenly, he pauses, presses on his ear, and I think we're going to come back to that later in this breakdown, and shares that he lost his mother when he was young due to her heart giving out and that cloning could have saved her and that's what made him pursue cloning knowledge. His work explored the hopes of combining multiple strands. I'm going to say that again because I think that's really important. He explored the hopes of combining multiple strands to create replicas that incorporated the best genetic attributes of both donors. This cloning technique Dr. Pershing was exploring when working with the Empire could easily, in my opinion, be the scientific answer behind how Snoke was created. Also hearing this all but confirms the body we saw in Season 2 of On Navarro was in fact an early attempt at Snoke. My wondering though is, how does Grogu potentially play into this? Is Grogu part of those combining multiple strands? Because we saw in Season 1 he was extracting some blood. Did he get some midichlorian out of that? My head is spinning whenever I'm hearing these phrases. What are you thinking in these moments, Zach? I I I 100% like fell asleep while he was talking. I was like, who? All right, first of all, I barely remember who this guy is. He said Man. something about cloning. That's I was cool. extremely interested with Doctor Pershing going into this, so I, feel I like think that's why I was. So I'm being a hip. I'm being a hypocrite of myself last week, where I'm like, watch it twice. I only watched this episode once. Man, 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 man. I know. Okay. I know. Fair. How dare me? But <laughs> I barely got through it the first time. So it, it was just like, I thought this was the coolest part of the middle part, if okay. that means anything to you. Like, once I realized who he was and he's talking about cloning, I immediately was like, okay, they're trying to just, dis- they're trying to tell us why Snoke exists, mm-hmm. right? They are trying to answer all of the questions that. They just laid on us um, sure. in the in the Sequels. sequel, yeah, yeah. And uh, something about it, I just wish we got all of this before we got the sequels. It's okay. it's it, it it makes me so upset because like I can't knock the feeling of them feeling like they have to to like describe it to us. Okay, like they have to come up with this story. And that's just me being, I guess, a pessimist, but it's like, I think it's very interesting and very cool. And it would make sense that Palpatine, the psychopath that he is, would have all these contingencies and be obsessed with cloning. And all of that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Grogu makes sense. I saw someone connect uh, Omega uh, Omega from Bad Batch to Grogu and talking about her being a clone, mm-hmm. but she's not. she's the first like successful non- replica clone sure yeah and then grogu maybe being a clone of yoda that's not the case i'm just saying like him being a piece of yoda's kind right Mm -hmm. and then her being a successful clone put that together you get snoke and then you get palpatine right Mm. okay so i just thought all that's very interesting yeah and i say all that to say this just it bored me because i didn't have no I was hyped up by the Mandalorian stuff. Sure. I'm like, yeah. yeah. And then you're we like, cut I to can't this. wait to get back to that. 
And then I have to wait the whole episode to get back to it. So it's like this feeling that never left me. And I think okay. that's why I say it was fine. Um, that, yeah. that was a really long answer. I'm sorry. But uh, that this is just fascinating to me, the cloning mm. stuff. And I thought we'd get more of that here. I thought yeah. we were going to get into the cloning stuff. But no, it's just him walking around. Yeah, no, I, I, I see what you're saying there. I think I think the answers for that are going to continue to be plotted along. Not necessarily all exposition exposition dump at one moment. So yeah, I think you're right. So I, I guess I, I, I guess I wasn't searching for those answers there. Like just mm-hmm. hearing his mission and his ideas was enough to be like, ooh, this this is enough for me to chew on for a few weeks because now I get to theorize myself because now I'm thinking like maybe it it was Palpatine's blood and Grogu's blood that were mixed together to bring yes, Palpatine back. I agree. Like, like that, all that those stuff. Those little questions was like, ooh, you make it yeah. go, ooh, right? And, and that's what um, I guess, you know, podcasting and talking about a week to week makes it exciting for me because I'm like, ooh, that'll be fun to talk about for a couple mm-hmm. weeks and, and theorize on. But I'm also in these moments too kind of thinking of were some failed clone attempts the result of Ray's dad? Of course, again, another deep connection to the sequels. Uh, but, you know, time will tell. Time will tell. Well, Dr. Pershing wraps up his little speech. I thought it was absolutely funny. As soon as he finishes, he is bombarded with some Coruscant locals. There's one dude that's like Empire, Rebellion, Republic. It's all the same thing. Yeah, that dude needs to be punched. I can't stand that guy. He just seemed so annoying. Absolute clown, but I mean, he's kind of right. Is he wrong? It's, it's, I don't, it's all yeah, the same like, stuff, but I like, know. I don't know. Just something about him. Something about him was like, man, I don't like this dude. He's annoying. <laughs> Get out of his face, man. <laughs> Get that. out yeah, of his yeah, face. Yeah. But yeah, and even the droid that's taking him over to the amnesty housing won't shut up. He's just spitting out all these facts with Coruscant, which I loved all the facts that they were dumping. I knew on, you on were Coruscant, eating it up, but again, by the I'm way. Like, God. I know. I know, man. I know. I knew but you were eating it up. It's then revealed that he's new to the program and he was just transferred from the Reintegration Institute, and it's at these moments when he gets back to housing that he's hit, He's invited for a drink with fellow former Imperials where he comes face-to-face with the former officer for Gideon, now known as G-68. In this discussion, it's revealed that there are conflicting rumors of Gideon potentially escaping from the New Republic that are spreading, so 1,000% confirmation that he's alive and well, which I think directly connects to the beginning of the episode. I do think he's the one kind of behind sending those interceptors out there, but we'll definitely wait to see when we get that answer or if it's so. so is it else. would it be Gideon and then Thrawn above him? Is that 100%. what our what our guess 100%. is here? Okay, yeah. I'm in on that. I'm, and, I'm, okay, I'm bought and, in. And while you're kind of th- talking of Thrawn, and I think that's another reason why I'm absolutely fascinated with all this dialogue regarding cloning. Is because so much of this they're pulling from that Thrawn trilogy that I absolutely love mm. and adore from Legends. So I think that's another reason why all of these things are are landing with me so well. So just wanted to just wanted Probably to throw helps. that out there. Yeah. All right. Well, any thoughts on the you know the the nice little moment of these former Imperials before we move along? Nah, I was just like I don't know who these people are, but. All, all I could think about in this moment specifically is what we talked about with the Nazi like rehabilitation yeah. stuff. Like that's exactly the vibes I got. It was so believable that this new republic would do this. You have these scientists from the Empire. Oh, now we're good. Now we're a republic. Never mm. mind all that other stuff. Now do that stuff for us is exactly what I was thinking here. And I, yeah. I loved that aspect because that's okay. very cool. realistic. Sweet. All right. Well, continuing on here, there's a ring at Pershing's door and someone dropped off travel biscuits to him that was the thing that he missed most from the empire before pershing goes to the door now this is me really doing a breakdown here folks and theorizing before (laughs) he goes to the door we overhear a data pod informing pershing of some facts on coruscant here's the quote thousands of layers of buildings and skyscrapers cover the entire planetary surface of Coruscant. Because of this, Coruscant is one of only a handful of city planets known as Echomonopolis, maybe that's how you say it, I can't remember. Though Coruscant is often referred to as the center of the galaxy, it's not precisely located at R, then it's cut off by the doorbell. Now this is where I'm theorizing heavily and had a lot of fun with this okay so bear with me zach and bear with me if you're listening i did a quick (laughs) google search of what in fact is the center of the star wars galaxy and it turns out that it's a massive black hole literally called the galactic center now this is where my theorizing began to play 
because Favreau and Filoni have made it clear that all these small little hints all lead to this big connective story. We've reported on this show about Bespin Bulletin hearing that the Ahsoka series, maybe even Skeleton Crew, travels to a new location in the galaxy called the New Beyond. What if to get there, and bear with me, this is wild, what if to get there you have to travel through this black hole? Could this be where Thrawn and Ezra are located, and that's why they can't find their way back? That's me definitely doing just wild speculation so deep. But, you know, just throw the shot out there and see if it it sticks, see if it lands. That way I can clip it and Mando Talk looks absolutely fantastic (laughs) in a few months. (laughs) I called it, baby. (laughs) Exactly. Thoughts on that theory, Zach? Is it too wild? No, dude. Is it too wild? Heck no. I I could believe that in five seconds. Like if they, if that's the, that's what happens. There's this black hole. We got to go through it to get them. All right. Boom. I'm in. Like, uh, cool. That's all I need. So um, completely okay with that. When this robot's rambling on, I wasn't even listening. I was just like, "You are I don't rambling." Think I'm winning you over, man. <laughs> well, no, I, I'm telling you my experience. I didn't yeah, no, mean to like do it. talk Absolutely. down on your thoughts. Do I I want you to, you know, obviously have your no, no, no. I'd be happy take about it, that it. Way at all. But didn't like, take that way at all. Okay, good. Like I, I'm just watching this in like this hungover state. I'm just like, what are we? <laughs> Is, like you just got about? over the fact of an, a banger opener of Mandalorian. Yes, yes. I'm like, all right, move this out of the I way. I got you. Where are they I at? You. And and it just never ends. And so, um, let me let me for the listeners who are still with us for a second. Let me sum up my thoughts, and then I won't say it on probably one more time. This <laughs> middle section okay. could have been done in about ten minutes. I do I do agree that some of this Doctor Pershing stuff could have been slimmed down for sure. Maybe even five minutes. Have him talk okay. at the thing, have him hang out with this chick, and then her turn okay. bad. Boom. Okay. That's all I needed. But yeah. uh, I, I, I think at, by the end of it, I thought what was going to happen is we were going to like – he's going to go to his room or whatever. We were going to – he gets this box. So me being the dummy that I am, I was like, what is that? Is that credits? Is someone like paying him <laughs> off? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, is that him like getting the credits from the Empire, like first order? No, it's not that. And then I'm like, no, it's not credits. It's these things that he likes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then we see the girl, right? So uh, continue on. Yeah, well, this girl takes him out uh, on town because they kind of talked about how he needed to explore Coruscant. Now, I got to admit... Part of this is something that I wasn't quite vibing with just because this scene, for some reason, it played as like a Walt Disney world of of Coruscant kind of with the music and everything. That was one thing that I was like, oh, I don't I don't necessarily need to see this. But I enjoyed seeing the the locale, if you will, the town and the people communicating. But anyway, in these moments when she takes him out, uh, we get confirmation that there's a trillion permanent residents on the planet. That was really cool. Uh, this yeah, chick- crazy chick went through the academy so she's been there before she expresses what all imperials think they legitimately think that they are doing good of course that's always been the case these villains in star wars always believe that they're actually in the right obviously we know that that's not necessarily the case though pershing thinks about all his research all the time going unfinished this is where g68 makes her attempt to persuade pershing uh, and then, of course, in these moments, we hear March of the Resistance in the background. But this was really the cool moment from this scene for me. It's where we see the highest point on the mountain, Umate, which is the only place on Coruscant that you can see the planet's surface. So I immediately want Disney Plus to release a time lapse of Coruscant being built. I absolutely want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, this this scene, it was okay. It was cool. But I really loved the, the Coruscant uh, deep dive right there that she gave regarding the tip of the highest mountain. That's literally the only thing left that you can see from the original planet. So any additional thoughts from you from this out on the town scene? All right. I ain't trying to just be negative, folks. Please, please (laughs) believe me when I say this. Okay. I didn't think this looked great. So going back from where I was talking about the shots are amazing on the ships, Mm -hmm. I thought this looked so... um, What's the, th- the so volumey to me? Okay. Uh, everything just looked flat. I just was like, oh, that doesn't look too good. Like they're supposed to be walking through this world. And again, she's going on about Coruscant. I have no attachment to Coruscant personally. I love Coruscant. <laughs> I know. I know. And that's why I was so excited to hear from you because, like, yeah. she's saying all this stuff. And I'm just thinking in my mind, like, I don't care. 
Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, there's a trillion people. And I was like, oh, that's a lot of people. You know, that that's it is. crazy. It's a ton. Um, a ton. And when this was going down, I immediately was like, she's bad. Mm. Like immediately. She's yeah. like, I'll take you out on the town. Too, and we'll too nice. Too thing. nice. <laughs> and I'm like, she just looks me. Like she yeah. looks like an imperialist. So like, um, I, I, this, this like certified to me, like, all right, something bad's going to happen. What I thought was going to happen is they were both going to be bad and working together. Mm, That's what I, I thought. You. Yeah. But turns out might not be the case, but this whole scene was, was fine. Um, it was fine. It's my okay. least favorite part of the show. I'll say that. That makes that's fair. That's fair. It was definitely yeah. Like I said too, that the the scene there in Coruscant probably my least favorite, but mm-hmm. there were some things for me to definitely get out of there regarding, especially the umate part. That was really cool. <laughs> so yeah. Doctor Pershing has these required meetings with droids, and of course this is where his will start turning regarding getting back into the cloning game. The droid mm-hmm. says, "No, you can't do that," but uh, obviously that's gonna give him and G sixty eight. Uh, Kane is what we end up finding out her last name is. Um, it's going to give them their mission. Of course, that's to go into the restricted zone to get material for a mobile lab for Pershing to eventually show the New Republic the benefits of his research. So, before committing, I do think the episode did a great job of showing the repetitive nature of his lifestyle regarding erasing files of Imperial and Rebel Alliance tech that could still be put to good use, I might add, uh, reporting to these droids, things like that. So, while the droid's questioning Dr. Pershing for a second time, he touches his ear yet again, and he lies. So it made me think somewhere in that TED Talk that he gave, I don't know if it was him saying that he regretted doing the bad things that he did for the Empire, or if it was him giving this sob story regarding his mother. I think somewhere in his TED Talk speech, though, he he's lies, lying. because mm-hmm. I think that's just like a trigger that he's it's got. It's a tick. Yeah, for sure. And this mm-hmm. this moment, Pershing then finally decides to commit. And in these moments, we hear something that sounds very similar to Darth Plagueis theme that plays in Revenge of the Sith when Palpatine is telling Anakin about that story mixed with Snoke's theme. Uh, so Jeez, that was very who interesting. figured that out? Very interesting uh, decision making there. I, I knew it as soon as I heard it. It's like, Jesus. oh, snap. Okay. Snap. I mean, hey, I love that. That's awesome. I, again, me, dummy, never, ever thought that. Um, I don't even know what Snoke's theme sounds like. Snoke's theme. Sounds- <laughs> Just this massive humming. <laughs> I love that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, after you played that sound, I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's great stuff. Hey, I should yeah, be yeah. the uh, vocals for the next. Yeah, yeah. Um... Bring, in, bring in Caleb. We need the uh, Snoke theme. Um... <laughs> for whenever Snoke makes his appearance in Mandalorian, yeah. I-, I assume, I guess. Well. It's coming, it I guess. But it could happen. It's it is going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess we'll I need to something. go back though and, and listen to the snippet of season two when we see the Snoke body. Mm. And maybe maybe that one lines up. I didn't think to see if that one sounds similar. It probably does. Probably does. I have no idea. But uh that's an interesting point. Uh no. And no, yes, I do agree with you about the tick. Like that's something, yeah. right? Uh it's gotta be. and me being like, ooh, what he's bad. I thought he had like an earpiece in. I thought he mm. was like listening to like what should I say? Now that I think um, of it, too, I think that's the ear that Cara Dune it is. shot by And him. it is messed up. It, it, mm. I saw, like, because... Um, Interesting. I think I saw, like, New Rockstars or someone said that. Oh, okay. Like, called okay. that out. Yeah. Well, um, look at you. We'll see. Hey, hey. Now, obviously, <laughs> by the time this episode ends, I don't know how much Dr. Pershing is left to to uh, discover or to explore. Oh, yeah, interesting. But, uh, but, yeah, go, go ahead. Interesting stuff there. Well, we do get their mission. You know, they get on this train. They jump out of the train. We do get this super cool shot in this restricted zone of these Imperial Star Destroyers. Now, I know I was geeking out about this because I saw it in a leaked trailer a few months back, so I don't know if this shot was new to you, Zach. What did, what did you think, just kind of pushing the episode aside, what did you think of just this shot of seeing all of these Star Destroyers just out there and kind of this ominous feeling to it. I'm a sucker for this shot in Fallen Order and anything. When mm-hmm. you see the massive scale of these destroyers or not even destroyers, just ships that are this big and they're just like all broken down and it just like kind of puts it to scale of like, yeah, this is way bigger than just this one little tiny ship that we're on or this one person. Like this is trillions and trillions of people i don't know how many but like a lot of people 
a lot. Um, a lot. <laughs> so it, it, I love these shots personally. Yeah. And it's wild to just think that the new Republic is trying to do this whole amnesty program with so many of those people. And you can only assume that's partially one of the reasons why it's so easy for something like it to spark back up yet again, especially if you can't keep it in check, which it seems like, and we see in this episode, it seems like they, there's some good reason why they can't keep it in check. Cause they got some pretty stupid doctors working in their, uh, in their hospitals but anyway we continue on we go inside the star destroyer we get the officer name officially alia kane we got a lot of canes banes veins all this (laughs) all these names going on in star wars it's hard to sometimes keep up but that's what we're here to do at mando talk so you know subscribe whatever i've already said that anyway continuing on pershing is packing up some material there's some unsettling noises that's going on kane declares it's just the ship settling but of course she's lying because they run out and they are surrounded by New Republic officers. And it's not both of them that are arrested. It is just Dr. Pershing. So somehow, some way, she informed the New Republic that Dr. Pershing was wanting to do this. Maybe she tipped him off saying, hey, I'll get him out there if you catch him. I don't know how she worked out a deal with the New Republic, but it seems like she did in some way. And I do think it's important, too, that she take or she took, rather, the mobile lab materials from him. So, Zach, what did you think of this reveal as far as her still being bad, still being committed, and obviously still being committed to Moff Gideon, seemingly, at this point? Are we talking about the twist of, like, her turning on Pershing? turning over, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it surprised me, actually. Uh, I won't lie to you. I was like, oh, no, they're both caught. Oh, And then she, like, turns around, and I was like, oh, interesting yeah maybe she's not bad maybe i was completely wrong turns Mm -hmm. out i wasn't but um i thought that was a actually good twist there um Mm -hmm. i thought that that surprised me and i I think that's a very interesting path to go down the actress played it well so well because yeah you're talking about how you know we know she's bad uh, I, I knew she was bad going into the episode, and so she did a good job to make me feel convinced that she wasn't bad anymore mm-hmm. before revealing that she was yet again. So I got to give props as far as the actress goes in that situation. Uh, but yeah, I was kind of surprised by the reveal as well. For some reason, I felt like she was still bad, but I also still had that hope in me yeah, yeah, that she yeah, wasn't. I was like, I was so like, it was wait. still like, oh, okay, yeah, she's really going yeah. there. So it worked. It worked for me. Worked so for me we, as well. we get him to the hospital or wherever, whatever it's called, he's being tested on with what he's afraid of being a variation of a mind flayer, which seems to be known for wiping memory. It was definitely intentional that Pershing says it was a trap to the Calamarian whenever he's sitting there laying on it's the table. Because, of course, we've got that line from uh, Return of the Jedi. That 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 was so intentional. Kind of took me out of it for a second. If I, It laid it on pretty be too, a little too thick for me. Because they yeah. like he yelled it and then they like cut to the th- the dude and, and I'm stare like, at him for a second. <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, we get kind of weird, you know. But even it, I get I loved that. It. Come on, but I loved it though. Uh, this is 100% a mind flare, even though you know they're saying that they're they're using it at low <laughs> yeah. voltage just to create this relaxation state. It's this mind flare thing because of course we then get Kane wanting to stay as the testing begins, declaring that even though he relapsed, he's still a friend. She then cranks up the intensity of the mind flare, which I'd expect to cause some memory issues for Pershing. And it's at this moment that, of course, it's clear as day that Kane is secretly working for Gideon still, and she enjoys the moment with the biscuit. She's just she's just a loving the moment. She's yeah. taking it all, and it's like us going to the movie theater with some popcorn and, and soaking up the movie. She's enjoying this dude being tormented and tortured with this mind flare with one of these biscuits. And it made me think, you know, I don't think she snuck out to get some biscuits. I think she just pulled them off of a a Gideon cruiser or something uh, along the way. But what did you think of, first of all, this idiotic doctor that leaves her in there to just conveniently crank this up to 15 And this then, whole scene's uh, clunky this, for this me. This whole moment, okay? It's clunky. clunky. Yeah. Um. It's like, oh, they just lay it on so thick. Like, oh, you were the, you're one of the good ones. You, we, we finally got a good one out of this, and I'm just like, okay, she's about to do something. I thought she was gonna yeah. kill that guy, um, but she didn't do that, which is probably mm-hmm. smart. But um, again, I was still attached to this th- this thought of like Pershing is still bad and he's working with them somehow. So mm-hmm. I did not expect her to start melting his brain or whatever she's doing there. Right. Um, 
But then I'm like, okay, we're talking about all this cloning stuff and how it's going to tie to Snoke. Why are we killing this dude? Like, I thought that was the whole point is we're supposed to be connecting all the dots and doing all this stuff. But then we kill the dude who has all the information. Here's my thoughts. All right. I think the Empire has what they need from him. Mm. They know that Pershing is now in the hands of the New Republic. This, This, for me, answers how the New Republic never finds out that Palpatine returns. Because, and this is why Thrawn passed it on to Gideon, Gideon passed it on to Cain to kill this dude, because they can't let this information get in the hands of the New Republic if Snoke slash Palpatine are actually going to make it. So there's the connecting of the dots, at least in my opinion and in my mind. And this is what I talked about at the beginning of the podcast episode, where I said it was at this moment that I knew this works for me, because it, for me, that just answered so much regarding, okay, how did the, mm. the New Republic, who was supposed to be in control of the galaxy, never figure out what was going on with this Snoke-Palpatine thing? And I feel like this could potentially be the answer. And that's why I'm saying like I appreciate the episode because I see the potential for where this is going. What do you think about that theory? Love it. You bought me. Sweet. I'm sold. Let's go. Where do Let's I buy go. It? I got you. <laughs> I freaking love that, dude. That makes me feel so much better about this moment. Because all I could think about was like, why are they killing him? I don't yeah. understand. All of this, what we just saw was for nothing. Mm-hmm. He's dead. But you're right. You're 100% correct. Let's you are 100% correct. I feel so correct. good, man. I feel so good. Yeah. I, I got you to see some light. Yeah, no, no, no. It, it took us 45 episode, minutes to get there. <laughs> makes the whole episode better. I ain't going to lie yeah. to you. Well, um, I just think that I just kind of think it, it it just makes sense. Well, the um, fact that 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 you said how it connects the dots of they don't they don't ever figure out the cloning stuff. They don't find out about the cloning stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it's fascinating. I love that. That's why they kill him. Or, yes, hundred percent. Whatever why, that she's doing to him. And again, right. I, and this is pure speculation on on my part as far as Thrawn telling Gideon and Gideon telling Kane. It may just be Gideon at the end of the or day or whoever. Or, whoever, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. whoever. But regardless, like, they're hey, working. This dude, yeah, we have what we need from him. Mm-hmm. He's in their hands now. We got to plug Kane in and get her to kill this guy. Exactly. Uh-huh. That way, and that way, the New Republic never figures out and never finds out. And that's how the events of the sequel trilogy. This moment here is why those are are possible to begin. I know this I small it. moment doesn't set up the first order and how they get so big. I, I know we still got some time to get there, but I think this is this moment here is what makes all those dark Sith secrets never be discovered until it's too late. I love it. I'm Sweet. all in on that, boy. All right. Well, that wraps up Rangers of the New Republic and we're on to Mandalorian episode part 2, baby, <laughs> where it gets hot yet again. Uh, but yeah, it was at those moments where the doc, the Dr. Pershing stuff got hot for me in that moment because I was like, oh, crap, I see what they're doing. Uh, so continuing on here, Mandalorian gets to the location where the Children of the Watch are with Bo and Grogu and R5, all of them. Din instructs Bo that it will go smoother if she keeps her helmet on. And then we get this very interesting conversation where Paz and the other Mandalorians come out to greet them. They have this uh dialogue back and forth, kind of this tension, if you will. Paz is very critical of Din. He always has been. He tried to go at him for the Darksaber. Of course, that he connects to pre which used to be the guy that ruled and, and led the Death Watch, which Bo-Katan was his right-hand Mandalorian during this time to kind of push that pattern along so now there's definitely this tension between him and Bo and and him and Din so I love this dialogue but it was very cool to me whenever Paz said and who are you Night Owl to Bo-Katan and she said I am Bo-Katan of Clan Kree's I was really hoping in these moments, even though Din Djarin said, keep your helmet on, I was kind of hoping that she would just get ballsy and take her helmet off and say (laughs) I'm Bo-Katan of Clan Kree's What's up? Mm, mm. <laughs> and just kind of stick to her guns there a little bit. But I do think you're still right, Zach, and that she's playing the hand that she's being dealt right now. She just mm. hasn't figured out yet, do I go all in with the chips or do I just put a couple down mm. quite yet? So what did you think of this dialogue between uh, Bo, Din, and Paz before we head into the cave? Um, I think that this entire scene was incredible. Yeah. Um, I loved everything. 
again, I'm back on the train. I love it. <laughs> I want more and more of this. My heart was, first of all, so happy when we went back to him. Mm-hmm. But also, this is so thick, full of lore. So yes, where I is. didn't care about Coruscant so much and you were kind of eating it up, I'm the complete reverse here. I mm. was eating up every moment, every look, every sentence, everything, man. I yep. lo- Even Taylor, my wife, who was already way checked out of the episode, <laughs> she said it about four times, like, what yeah. are we watching? She's my wife in. said, are we watching Andor? <laughs> well, she immediately was like, what show is this? I'm like, yeah, man. yeah, uh, but <laughs> She's back in. She mm-hmm. immediately was. I, I remember the, the reason I'm saying all this is I remember when Bo walks out and she like speaks up like, mm-hmm. you know, um, I, I was there and the dude calls her out like, right, oh, right. So and Taylor, I heard her go, ooh, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, let's go. She's back. And yeah. uh, I just thought this was so fascinating. I am so glad she did not take her helmet off. I'm the yeah. reverse of that. Uh, no, I I, I I agree with you. I just think it would be oh, okay. really cool. Okay. <laughs> I, I was sucked into the fact that she is now in this weird position, mm-hmm. right? Um, she was kind of lost, and technically, she now has this like tribe, right? Which right. maybe she doesn't want it or any yeah. like all the little stipulations, but she did all the things. She met the requirements, mm-hmm. and so I. Do you want me to just finish off like the entire yeah, scene? Yeah, go for it. Because right. we're naturally I got a little, there. I got a little emotional. I won't lie to you. Like, like when she says, they all say, you know, this is the way to Din. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, that's awesome. It makes me so happy. But then she, you know, lays it out for Bo, and then she says, this is the way, and they all say it, and then they start coming up to her and touching her. I got a little emotional. I was like, yeah, oh, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. This is so good, man. What, what about you? Well, it. Again, it's kind of those conflicting thoughts because I know from my Clone Wars knowledge, like I know what these children of the Watch are basing their 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 cult, their religion, their stuff on. It's the Death Watch, and they're so extreme. But yet, in these moments, you're right; it's so touching, and you gotta feel like Bo-Katan's probably thinking, "Oh crap, this is what I've been missing." Is this Mandalorian tribe that feels this, like this a camaraderie? This yeah, this family, yeah. this culture. And so it was at the, that moment, too, where we get the... Because I'm clueless at this point. I'm not thinking, oh, the armor's the armor has blessed Din Djarin and say, yes, you are a Mandalorian yet yeah. again. I'm not thinking for a second that she's going to turn to Bo-Katan and say the same thing. I'm thinking, uh, Bo-Katan, you're going to die because you don't follow oh, the way. That's what I'm thinking no, she might say. No, but no, I, she, she reveals that Bo-Katan... Kreese is also redeemed by this creed because she jumped in the water. She she went all the way in. And Bo-Katan says that she doesn't want to walk the way or she doesn't walk the way in the past, but since she has bathed in those waters and has not removed her helmet Bo- since she is dude. officially welcomed. It was just mind-blowing to me. Absolutely The helmet. The helmet is when I was like, yeah. this is fascinating. Absolutely. She, she's like, have you taken your helmet off? And she's like, well, no. It's like, you're in. <laughs> it's like Fight Club. You're like, I know. You're in. Let's it's, do it. Um, now, the one thing that did it, make, it made me think, though, is like, okay, so so what, what's the point of the creed then? What what are we saying these words for? Um, because they keep getting cut off, first of all. The kids got cut off. Din Djarin's got cut off. So they're never finishing the creed. And then Bo-Katan doesn't even have to say the creed. It's not a big deal. I can get by that easily. But it, it did make me think of that question is, okay, maybe we don't need these words. But it it is cool because now... Bo-Katan, and like you so well put it, right at the right at the out the gate, Bo-Katan has options here, and Dude. we see too, like as she's kind of getting greeted and welcomed, she looks at that Mythosaur skull, so you know she's mm. still thinking about the Mythosaur that's in the back of her mind. Yeah, I'm so intrigued with what this show could do, and in I that sense, I am hooked for the next episode. Yeah, I don't want to ever see Doctor Pershing again. Maybe we don't, but <laughs> I was blown away by this yeah. ending. I did not expect it to go this way. Mm-mm. I one hundred a hundred percent expected the whole like, oh, we're not gonna believe you. You're you know you're scum, right? But then the flip of like, oh, this is the waters, which I think was so dope. Mm-hmm. Like her you know, testing it out. Yeah, was I was cool. like, okay, that's awesome. It just like it was so believable because like there was no questions asked. 
right? We've talked about how it's this religion, and that's mm -hmm. basically what it is. And what I love about it is like if you meet the requirements, you're in. Yeah. There's no like, you know, ooh, you did this, you sinned before or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like you're in, baby. You're and forgiven. Some Something else, too, that's very interesting and that plays well for Bo-Katan is the armorer says, you can leave the way at any time, too. Like, without any yes. conflict. If you want to leave us, leave us. But as Loved of right it. now, you're in the creed. Loved it. So intrigued. The armorer so was intrigued. perfect. Yeah. Because I 100% okay. waited on conflict. And that's another thing, too. Like, I've been somebody that's had beef with the armorer because I'm like, you're way too, you're just way too by the too book. Too radical. I, Right. You're in like, these you're, moments, you're I'm like, dang, sticky. okay, I see you. You're, but but you're it's the good. flip side of it. Exactly. She proved that she is sticky to the rules. Right. With, right. you know, she's like, you took your helmet off, you're out. Well, guess what? You bathed in the waters, baby. You back in. Yeah. No <laughs> no other rules. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Okay. The the methods are, 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 are a moot point. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter what they had to do. It's just they did them. They're mm -hmm. in. No questions asked. You're in, baby. Welcome. Absolutely. This is the way. Yeah. Let's well, do it. Um, man, it's so good. One thing to point out before we kind of, I guess we'll, we'll, we will real quickly speculate on what we think Bo-Katan will do, but okay. Paz Vizsla does not move, does not welcome Bo-Katan. He is the only one that, that has it. zero response. I definitely think there's going to be some conflict there. So maybe this speculation that I've been having prior to season three of the armor and Bo-Katan clashing Beskar with each other. I think it's actually going to be this whole Vizsla versus Kree's thing going on here. So especially what's with their, their history? Past. Run, run me through so, that again. So like I was saying earlier, Bo-Katan yeah. worked with pre-Vizsla, which was the leader of House Vizsla and also the Death Watch. Mm. But once he, once pre-Vizsla joined with Darth Maul, and that's when Bo-Katan realized, okay, the Death Watch is not, not good. She bounced, and she became their enemy, basically. So, okay. like, House Kreese and House Vizsla have this past of conflict, basically. Okay. So he he doesn't like her from the get. Immediately. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I don't care you're in the Creed. I already, I just, you're, I hate you. And you're with Din Djarin, who I basically hate. So <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like, yeah. All right, so kick us off. What do you think from, from here? What do you think Bo-Katan's move is? I, I gotta be honest. Like, I have no idea. Mm -hmm. And I love that. Like, I love the fact that I don't know what's going to happen next. I don't know where we're going to go. Yeah. Um, I I am so excited for the next episode, especially based on how this one ended. I do think you are correct. We are definitely going to have a conflict with this mm -hmm. Paz guy. It's voiced by John Favreau. Correct. Um, yeah. And Taylor thought that was cool, and I thought that's cool, too, because you, mm -hmm. can, you can definitely hear it in there. And um, I would do it, too, if I was him. Come on. Well, he yeah. voiced him in the... Animation? Yes. No, he voiced pre-Vizsla, the guy that I was oh, talking pre about. Oh, pre-Vizsla. So okay. he's voiced all these Vizsla, not all, but most the of the boys. Like, head honcho <laughs> Vizsla. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. And Vizsla is the Darksaber people? Viz Vizsla is the first Mandalorian that we see in Clone Wars that's wielding the Darksaber. Thought so. Yes. All right. So it's all yes. this glory stuff. All and then Tar Vizsla. Filoni getting all baloney -y. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just saying. I think it's Tar Vizsla. I, I maybe is the dark saber. Correct. Yes. With the who's the potential like using the force and the Mandalorian right. type crossover yes. thing. Yes. Um. So cool. By the way, I so could be way wrong with that. But no, I think you, know, you are. It is I, what no, it is. I, I don't think you're wrong. I'm, I think you're right. But just don't take my word for it. I'm trying to do a quick <laughs> quick fact check with that. Well, but, you know. Well, I'll go on while you do that. Yeah, um, do that. I think that there is competition that, that's definitely going to come up. It was I Darth think. <laughs> Again, I think it's going to come down to she does the Darksaber, he rides the Mythosaur, they lead together. That's where I think we're headed here. Okay. That is my overall season take. Yeah. That's the hottest take I can give you um, in sense of, like, what's going to happen mm -hmm. uh, because that makes the most sense to me. And yeah. I, I, I really like that. I'm kind of with you as far as prediction go. I don't know who's going to – ride or wield which one but i do think regardless at the end of the day they're kind of co-leading this thing well the and, fact that she whipped the dark saber around right pretty much right. tells me like all right that that's her thing i've seen she interesting theories too about grogu taming the mythosaur as well because they've Ooh. established in that this, he has a these stories that he's beasts. got a thing with these big big creatures so i think it's mm. wide open but i do think to make everyone happy i think favreau filoni no let's do a co- 
let's do a co-rallying of the well it makes complete sense he's the radical she's the not radical Mm -hmm. she is now but not radical like she's the other way right and she's the dark saber he's the mythosaur the way he tames the mythosaur is through grogu we just wrote the season right there, baby. Hey, there you go. That's it. what we're here for. Well, real quickly, as we wrap up this podcast episode, let's hear from you guys. So the poll, let's see how. Let's see what our audience thought. You know, we were split here. I really enjoyed it. Zach thought it was fine. Definitely didn't like the Dr. Pershing stuff. But maybe we convinced him there a little bit with the ending. Just a little bit. Yes. Convinced you a little bit. You well, still could have taken that big chunk and went... <laughs> <laughs> right. It, it could have been it could have been bumped down or it could have just flashed back and forward. Show Bo and Din's yes, mission, then fair, Dr. Pershing. Completely fair. Din and Bo's mission, Dr. Pershing, back and forward. Anyway, here's the yep, here's the poll ahead. results. 38% of our audience said 9 to 10 great. 30 36 of our audience said 7 to 8 good. 16% of our audience said 5 to 6 okay and 10% said 1 to 4 bad. So yeah, it's divisive, folks. There yeah, you have it. I was it. in the okay bucket. Uh, I voted it's, in that. It's split. I would say good. I would say good. It's not my favorite episode of the season so far. It was definitely last week's. Um, I do think I like this one more than the premiere, though. Got to be honest. Got to be honest. I liked it better than the Boy, first episode you, of this season. You crazy? I did. What? I like the world. I like the world building. The, I, I love the Coruscant vibes. Hey, that's right. your vibes, baby. Whatever. Let's you get think. these uh, tweet thoughts in here as well so from blue jedi 5.5 for me this week unfortunately bookends were great and i agree completely with what they were trying to do nothing wrong with getting away from the main thread watch twice now and for me the acting and directing let the middle section down still buzzing for next week i feel like that kind of summarizes your thoughts there zach honestly (laughs) perfect love that i got yeah about the acting thing too i agree about the middle acting didn't work completely you, for me. It didn't me. work for you. I'm trying not to be so nitpicky. That's okay. a nitpick thing. Okay. But her, the girl specifically, okay. she just laid it on. So when she's so that's why you gave thing. me a weird look when I said she did a good job. Yeah, she's, <laughs> she's eating the thing like, ooh, I'm okay. Those things, were, those things were weird because they were biting them, but nothing was coming off. And then they immediately talked with no substance in their uh, mouth. I was just like, all right, it's we're laying weird. it on so thick. But it's um, Star Wars, but, so yeah, what can ahead. I say? What can I say? <laughs> I just, agree. <laughs> Tweeter. Yeah. Blue Jedi. Jessica Sitton. Blue Jedi. It was good. Not quite as good as last week, but that's okay. Pershing's story was good. A bit long for me, but how it ended was awesome. The beginning and ending of the episode was fantastic. I'd like to have had more Mando. And I feel like that, I was a first watch, I said it, I was conflicted at first. We've waited two years to see Din and Grogu. You better put Din and Grogu on my freaking TV screen, folks. Not Pershing and a no-namer. Come on. So I was a bit, I was a bit bummed in, in that sense. I have to admit it. But I do think the world building here is going to eventually pay off. I really do. I, I think we I just concur. have to practice some patience, and I think it's all going to click. All right, from Speeder Bike Tim on Discord, which, by the way, if you want to join our Discord, that link is in the description for even more one-on-one conversation with myself. I absolutely love talking to you guys. Speeder Bike Tim said, So now the armorer knows the planet isn't cursed, and Din and Bo-Katan are both redeemed and allowed back in the clan. I wonder how long Bo-Katan will keep the Mythosaur sighting a secret. I think she's going to play she's going to hold on to that that hand as long as she can. I think she's going to wait until she knows for a fact what she wants to do. As far as is she going to just do this thing completely on her own? Does she need to become a, a ch- official child of the watch even though I know she is? I'm saying like will her heart officially commit to it or does she just completely leave Din Djarin. I don't know, but I think she's literally going to hold on as long, and that may be our season finale moment. That that may be our big reveal of seeing what Bo-Katan's going to do and, and how that impacts Din Djarin and, and Grogu's story, and that's how they segue us into the next season. What do you think, Zach? No, no way. No It'll way. be way before then, I think. I think it's going to be like either next episode or the next. Really? Mm-hmm. I'm, well, right. how many is there? Eight? Eight. Like normal, yeah. So, I, yeah, that seems like a mid-season thing to me. Really? Okay. So. Well, we do know next week, the fourth episode, it's been reported, and this is bad news in my opinion. Yeah. 30 minutes long, so it's a bummer. Bananas. For That's sure bananas. a bummer. We just came off of one of the longest episodes yet that didn't feature Din, Grogu, <laughs> Bo. It's crazy, dude. <laughs> Again, I still loved it. 
I still love it. Just want to preface that. But seeing that 30 minutes for next week bums me out. But it gives me hope that Carl Weathers is directing it because I think it's going to be action-packed because his one in season two was action-packed. And it, but what's I, the story, you know? Well, I think, that's what I don't... And that's a great question. I think it's got something to do with maybe the pirates and Din needs to go back to help them and he brings the entire squad of the Children of the Watch because in trailers we've seen the Children mm. of the Watch jumping out of that gauntlet and also yeah. we've seen uh, Paz Vizsla absolutely loading it up. Um, yeah, you might be right about blasting. that. I think so you're I right. think it's going to be action-heavy. I think it'll be an action-heavy 30 minutes. but we'll Especially with it see. being shorter, I think I agree with you on that. So, okay, one quick thing. I do yeah. think the next episode needs to land. I'm starting to get this sense that this season's not clicking with everybody like the other two seasons, and that really bums me out because it is clicking with me, but I'm just getting this sense, man, that it's like the, the magic that season one and season two isn't as consistent. I'll say that. I don't think it's gone. I think it's not as consistent at the moment. So I really think this show has got to start clicking on all cylinders to get people like my wife or my sister-in-law or brother-in-law and people like that that aren't diehard sweaties like me that freak out about a rock on Coruscant. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, anyway. I, I, I don't know if I agree. I think okay. um, I think this, this season's still good. Like, okay. I still think it has the vibes, and the reason I know it still has the vibes is because when I see Grogu and Mando, I'm mm -hmm. good. Like that's all I need. Okay. I, I, okay. I, I think I said this, and I'll, I'll be quick. I think the Mandalorian is one of my favorite recent characters of all time. Mm. Or, I shouldn't say a recent character of all time, but like one of my favorite recent characters in any entertainment. Yeah. I love him. He's I great. love his design. I love his personality. I love his actions. I love his thought process. His tie to the creed. Everything about him works for me i love him so That's much great. i bought a pop I love of hearing him that today you bought um, a pop i bought a pop a pop, nice. pop of him yeah because i love him so much um, yeah he's great he's just so good and it mm -hmm. just confirms like and and him and Bo in the in the ship it's like mandalorians are so sick yeah, their they are. character design and their costume design is so cool yep or like with the owl and she immediately knew that she was part of the owls or whatever Pre yeah yeah Pat, oh, that was so yeah. cool. Like, I just thought that was Paz Vizsla knew, yeah. Yeah. It's hard right. to keep those Vizsla names straight sometimes. They all start with just P. Them, yeah, the Vizsla. Paz, Pre, whatever. Whatever. Yeah, but, yeah. hey, that's what Mando Talk's here for. We appreciate you so much for listening to this podcast breakdown yet again. Again, if you haven't already and you're still listening, hit the subscribe button. Yeah. Hit the oh. like. Do whatever you got to do. Rate us five stars. Twitter at Mando Talk, do all those great things. It's been already quite the ride. I already said at the top the pod numbers last week popped off, and I can't wait to see this thing just keep on rising. The Mandalorian is fantastic to cover, and it seems like a show that just clicks with so many people. And I just hope it keeps those vibes going so we can keep talking about it. Well, Zach, thank you so much for being here yet again. Any final thoughts you want to say to, to the lovely, uh, lovely listeners that are now part of Clan Mando Talk once they hit that subscribe button? Yeah, I uh, I want to say thank you for having me, first yeah. of all. Um, I love doing this. I'm excited to see where we go. Same thing as I said last week. Like, I, I just, I really love this show, and I know I talked down on this episode a little bit because I want to be honest with y'all. Sure. But also, um, it didn't, like, deter me at all. Uh, I, I'm excited for next week. The ending was just picture perfect and yes, if we get was. more and more of that i am going to be a happy boy there yeah. you go well can't wait for next week to cover chapter 20 we're 20. already to the 20th episode of the mandalorian can't wait to do it we'll be here to do it so till next time as always we have spoken